We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show, live on this Wednesday evening as we get ready for another week of Falcons football, headed to the bye week here coming up pretty quickly. But uh, Falcons got some work ahead of them as Justin Fields comes back to Atlanta. Bears will take on the Falcons at Mercedes-Benz, as we always do on Wednesdays. We head up to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. She covers Atlanta Falcons, of course, for AtlantaFalcons.com. Our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney, joins us. You can follow Tori on Twitter at Tori underscore McElhaney. And, of course, AtlantaFalcons.com is where you catch all of her work. And, Tori, I guess I'll start with I hope you had better luck in the Taylor Swift ticket lottery than I did because I was not picked to buy early. You know, I wish that I could report that, yes, I did have better luck, but um, I did not. I still am, I still don't have tickets, and I'm I'm not upset yet. Ask me again next week, and I may be upset. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, I've been given a plan by somebody, so I'll fill you in off air about how we'll have to okay. trying to figure all this out. So thanks for looking out. I really appreciate hey, it. Hey, listen, it's <laughs> the least I could do. So um, look, Tori, I-, I know a lot of chatter about quarterback and things like that, and I get that. And Arthur's asked a bunch of questions about it. He was just on Dukes and Bell earlier today on the station. I guess here's my thing at this point. Okay, if we're going to play Marcus Mariota, I'm fine with that. But I feel like there's too many times we get out of the comfort zone of what Marcus can do, whether it's throw it a lot more, whether it's throwing it downfield. It seems like my one problem is this team at times offensively gets away from what his strengths are, and that's where this team seems to get in trouble. Would you agree with that, disagree? What What is your sort of assessment of – where we're at with that. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to something that I remember, I think it was you and I talking about this um, around week six or seven of the season. And it was like when Marcus throws the ball over 25 times in a game versus when he throws it 20 or less, it was like a stark difference in the win loss ratio of what the Falcons were looking at. And I think it kind of goes back to that same thought. It's like, okay, when they're in these obvious passing situations, being more efficient in them. And, and some of that does fall on Marcus. Some of it falls on the offensive line protection. It, it, I do think it is an overall scope of, of what they're doing offensively. But it does, to me, I think, go back to that. And you, you talk about what guys can handle, what guys can't handle, knowing this uh, this offensive operation and what it likes to do. 
it's like once teams start picking up on that, once they understand, oh, if we put them in these obvious passing down situations, they have struggled. And, I mean, that's just fact. That's just looking at it for what it is. It's like how how often are teams, and I think you saw it with Carolina this past Thursday night where I felt like they came into the game being like, we're going to make Marcus Mariota and the Falcons beat us through the air. They, I think when you were looking at that game, and especially that first quarter, you saw that adjustment that they made to where they're like, we're not going to allow them to run the ball on us. And I think that's kind of how teams look at the Falcons right now because you, you have seen them struggle when Marcus is having to throw the ball a lot. And it goes back to what you're comfortable with. And it's funny because I feel like for the Falcons for years now, we would say, and I remember us talking about this even last year and the year before, it's like, the Falcons didn't have a problem throwing the ball. It was being balanced running the ball. There wasn't a, a solid run game in Atlanta. And now it's almost like that conversation is flipped on its head. And it's like now the Falcons rely on the run, and almost to a certain extent it gets tough for them when they do have to throw the ball. You know, Tori, I, I go back to something that I always talk about this on my show. I, I go back to something Bruce Arian said back when he was the coach in Arizona. And they were he was asked about – hey, your offense is getting shut down, you guys have really struggled here, and this and the other. And he had a, a great comment. He said, you know, the guys on the defensive side of the football get paid too. You know, those coaches get paid <laughs> too to scheme against us. And I, I always go back to that because I, I think that teams are, are – and I hate to say it this way, but I think teams are starting to figure out some of the blueprint of what yep. the Falcons want to do. And now the chess matches, okay, you adjust to them, they adjust to you. Now it's time for the Falcons to have to try to adjust to what teams are doing against them as we're getting later in the season. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's like, okay, there's no more mystery anymore. You have 10 weeks of tape on this team. You know exactly who they are. You know exactly what they want to do. So it almost makes it to the point of where execution has to increase. And that's something that you're not seeing happen with the Falcons right now, especially over the last four games, is that the execution hasn't been there offensively and even to a certain extent defensively too and and it's because of that like when you are when you do have teams and understanding what you're doing offensively it does become more of a chess match when kind of you are there is not a lot of the mystery that there was say the first five weeks of the season so I completely agree and I think it's something that I've even talked about a couple of times now the Falcons don't need Marcus Mariota to put up Matt Ryan numbers to win games in 2022. What they do need him to be is they need to be him to be effective and efficient in what they're asking him to do, which is not to throw the ball the way that Matt Ryan did. It's to lead this offense in a very different way because this is a very different offense. So it's being efficient in that is where I think the Falcons need to take a step and where I think Marcus Mariota needs to take a step. And it's something that he actually talked about today because he was like, I understand like when I am at my most efficient, thinking back to the 49ers game when he was 13 of 14 through the air for 129 yards, he was like, that's that's where that's the clip that he needs to be at. I'm not saying he has to have a 93% completion rate, every single game but if it's over 65 it gives the Falcons more of a chance to kind of still have a little bit of that mystery offensively. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. It's a weekly conversation with her. Let's talk about a couple of guys uh, back. Um, I, AJ Terrell 
good to have him back at practice. Um, it sounds like he's not really quite sure if he's going to be back this week. I guess the good news is Chicago is obviously a run-heavy offense. Your thoughts about whether or not he'll play this week? Yeah, I, I do think it's kind of up in the air, and I think that's actually what he said as well when we were talking to him in the locker room after practice today. Um, I mean, we all know how those soft tissue injuries are. You almost kind of have to get out there and, and kind of test it a little bit, and I think that's kind of what they're doing this week. I know Arthur Smith said on Monday that AJ has been in the building over the last few weeks, like really working to get back, really strengthening things up, not losing the conditioning part of it. So it will be interesting to see if we do see him on Sunday. I, I imagine that he will have a full week of practice this week and they'll make a decision on Saturday on him. I, I do think he may even be a game time decision according to how he wakes up and feels on Sunday. So it's all kind of, I say there's kind of a 50-50 chance right now that we could see him. The, um, but, but even in saying that, you know, with the, with, the, with the way Chicago runs their offense, if he needs one more week, I don't think it's a terrible thing. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to be, I guess, as nice as I can about it. So <laughs> I, I thought I, I, I don't believe that things just randomly happen in the universe. And the fact that we got an update on Jalen Mayfield, they're going to activate him off of IR. I know he practiced the day. I saw his comments that he is pretty much convinced he's not going to be ready to go. I, I guess, you know, sort of like what we talked about with some of the moves of the trade deadline. Is this a function of they think Wilkinson is going to be out longer than what they hoped? They're concerned about Gossett's play, who he did not play very well on Thursday. I thought he played good the first time he started, did not play very well on Thursday. I just don't think that we're just kind of, oh, he's ready to go and let's activate him. I, there, there has to be something more to what this move is than just, oh, he's ready to go now. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, too. I don't think it's the fact that you've had to start three different left guards in the last three weeks with two of those guards going on IR. Right. I, I don't see it. I, I don't think it's like, Oh my gosh, look, we have this left guard on IR. He's feeling better. Let's get him out here. You know, it's, it, I, I, I completely agree with you there. Uh, I think there is a lot more thought that goes into it than that. Um, I, I think it does have a lot to do with the depth that they feel like they need on offensive line. I mean, I know that he had, he, he returned to practice and he said today that, you know, I'm, I, I need to get my conditioning back up. I think that's something that Dwayne Ledford actually talked about earlier today as well, where he was talking about like being as an offensive lineman, being game ready conditioning wise is very different than a lot of different positions. It's not like he can just go out and run a couple miles and be ready to go on a game day. It's very, very different type of conditioning when you're actively hitting someone over and over and over again, the way these guys are. So I, I do believe Jalen Mayfield when he says like that he, he doesn't foresee being able to go on Sunday because his conditioning isn't there. I mean, this is a guy who really hasn't played at all. I mean, he's been on IR since before, before the season started. So because of that, I think it's more of a process of like, let's get him as conditioned as we can be in case something does happen. I mean, you've lost two guards in the, in two weeks time. I mean, that's, that's a significant blow to this offensive line. And, and if somebody else, you know, heaven forbid somebody, something happens to somebody else, you're going to have to move some guys around. I mean, they're, they're, it, it, you talk about chess match, matches, you, there would be some pieces that would have to move around. So I think it has a lot to do with filling out the depth 
not just at left guard, but across the, the offensive line as a whole. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. We talk to her every Wednesday. Um, last question for you, Tori. So I, I guess I assume we'll hear from Dean Pease tomorrow, but I, I remember week one of last year against Philadelphia, and Dean Pease was asked about the idea of putting a spy on Jalen Hurts because we know, obviously, he's a very much run-first type of quarterback. You have a guy coming in this week uh, that a lot of folks here locally know who's run for 325 yards over the last couple of games. I guess kind of two parts. I'm going to be very interested to see how he's asked about his approach to all of this. But this feels like you really have to have discipline with keeping your head up and and understanding that Justin Fields is probably not looking to throw it first. For guys run for 325 yards last two weeks, you better have a guy that's really ready and assigned to help and try to stop him this week. Right, yeah. I mean, you, you see the Bears have really cracked a formula with him, I think, in the la- with Justin Fields in the last few weeks, and it's been very, very productive for them. And I was actually talking to Taquan Graham in the locker room today, and we were talking a lot about that word discipline and how that kind of has been the mantra for this defensive line, whether you're talking about the interior or the outside linebackers, or whoever you're talking about, that front, the, the word discipline comes in over and over and over again. Being disciplined in your runs, be, in, in your run assignments, being disciplined in your fits, being disciplined where you are and understanding where you are on the field. And I think that is going to play a huge role in what the Falcons can do on Sunday. Because you think about this defense last year, a major problem of this defense last year was allowing quarterbacks to extend plays. They had a really big problem, something that Dean Pease talks about a lot, where they were not setting the edge and quarterbacks were able to kind of squeak out on third and long and and pick up 10 yards on a scramble. And so I I do think that even though I think the, the quarterbacks they have played this year are very different than they were last year, you get to see kind of if the Falcons have made progress in that regard from last year to this year, because Justin Fields, I mean, Taquan Graham said it, he was like, he's a very unique talent. Someone, he's a quarterback that we haven't really, the type of quarterback, the prototype that we haven't really seen a lot of this year. So this is a really big test. And it's almost one that I think is going to show us, you know, if the Falcons have made progress across that defensive line and being able to keep a quarterback contained. Follow her on Twitter at Tori underscore McElhaney. Check out all the good work she does at AtlantaFalcons.com. And she joins us every Wednesday on the WaitFor.com hotline. Tori's always appreciate it. Uh, I think it's a game we can definitely win this week. Would be nice to get another win at home and, you know, keep this thing on track. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it either way. <laughs> That's exactly right. Thank you, Tori. As always, I'm John Chuckery. We'll Thank be back. You. Sports Radio 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuck Rochelle, hanging out at Key Studios. I'm going to take you till top of the hour in JR Sports Brief coming up after that. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps, how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 92.9 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, you can follow me at JMCH316. So... <laughs> we just got done talking to Tory, and uh, we get ready for uh, Falcons. Excuse me, Falcons and uh, Bears coming up uh, on Sunday. Um, I know the narrative, and, and we were talking about this last night. The, the narrative is, you know, the, the Falcons completely screwed up the organization because they didn't draft Justin Fields and all that. Who, by the way, is three and seven this year and has one less win than Matt Ryan does. Matt Ryan's actually won more games. Uh, actually, the Falcons have won more games than than the Bears have and, and things like that. Obviously, the Bears' offense has really made it a super heavy run-first offense, 325 yards out of fields the last couple of weeks. But if you look at his passing numbers, he is literally Marcus Mariota when it comes to throwing the football. In fact, I was looking at some metrics, and I'll have to – this will probably take me a minute to, to get through – but if you look at if you look at his off-target throws, um, he's right in line with what what Mariota has for the season. I wish I, I need to go back and and grab. But if you look at look at some of the metrics and you look at percentage of off-target throws, he's right there with Mariota. They're, neither one of those guys is a great passer. Is Fields a great runner? Yes, but they've lost three straight games. Now, I will be curious tomorrow to see what Dean Pease, because he'll speak to the media tomorrow. I'm going to be curious to see what Dean Pease has to say about what their strategy and all that was. Let's go back. I, I brought this up with Tory, okay? And this is how, by the way, this is how we learned that Dean Pease listens to this show. Last year in week one, when they were going to play the Philadelphia Eagles, before that game, Jarvis and I were going over and talking about, okay, um, it, are you going to assign a spy to Jalen Hurts to make sure he doesn't get out and, and put up big runs and stuff like that? We said that earlier in the week. 
And then Dean Pease came on and, and early later on in his press or whatever that one Wednesday or Thursday was and said, oh, well, you know, we don't spy on people and this, that, and the other. And so it told me instantly that, that he listened to the show because that's exactly what we were talking about. Then they admitted the week after the game that, yes, they did actually have somebody assigned to spy on Jalen Hurts. So we were right. But, again, and I love Coach Pease, but what are you going to do to try to contain? Because you can't let him run wild. You, you, again, you can't let him for, – forget their running backs and everything else. Can't let him run for 150, 160 yards and chew up clock and just run through your defense. Because right now, the number one – right now at this moment in time, the number one problem for the Falcons is their defense is awful right now. I think they've given up the most total yards in the NFL. I think they're 31st in total defense. I think they've give, they, I know they've given up the most passing yards. I think it is the first or second most passing touchdowns. There's very few things about their defense. I think they're second to last in the league in sacks per game. I don't think they're last in total sacks, but I think they're second. I think they're either second to last or last in the league in total in sacks per game. How are you going to stop Justin Fields and at least contain him? Because, look, here's the reality. Against the, in the last couple weeks where he's run for 325 yards, they haven't won either one of those games. So, for one, one of the big differences about last week was the pick six that Detroit got. Well, if, you, if he throws you an opportunity – and you do like what you did against Carolina, and you drop about four different interceptions, and you allow him to do all of those things, you'll never get off the field. The Falcons are already a bad defense overall, bad pass coverage defense, bad third down defense, bad third and long defense. They haven't created enough turnovers over the last couple of weeks, and they haven't sacked the quarterback enough from where they started to where they are now. So if he throws it, and gives you a gift or two, you better be able to capitalize on it. Can the Falcons beat the Bears on Sunday? Yep, they sure can. Can they lose to the Bears on Sunday? Yep, they sure can. And as we talked about yesterday with Vince, they're at 22% probability of making the playoffs right now. Lose this week, that thing will probably drop about in half because now you're 4-7. and seven, And... I don't see how you're going to rattle off five or six wins in a row and, and get yourself back into the, you know, middle of the playoff pack because they're 10th in the NFC right now. Keep them off the field. Run the football, control the line of scrimmage. Offensive line has to play much better. Defensive line got gashed last week. That was the concerning part. The defensive line for the Falcons against Donta Foreman, not Walter Payton, not Eric Dickerson, got torched last week and couldn't do anything up front to slow down Carolina. Who, with all due respect, that ain't a very good football team. This ain't a very good football team. Fields may be a dynamic player. They ain't a very good football team, though. And they've lost three in a row coming into this week, including last week to the Detroit Lions, who are, say it with me, not a good football team either. So you better be able to control the line of scrimmage way better than you did last week. But as I explained to Tori, look, this is week 11 now. 
teams are figuring out and have the blueprint for how they want to stop the Falcons. There's not a lot of mystery. Teams aren't confused about what to do or how to stop, and they're going to do the same thing week in, week out. They're going to pull the same things on the Falcons and say, here, go go try to run through this or do it through this, or let me see if you can throw it. And if you look, you know, listen, they still ran for 138 yards last week, okay? We've talked about They haven't won a game this year, the Falcons, haven't won a game this year when they have run for, ready, 166 yards or less. Every game that they have won this year has been when they've run for 167 or more yards. You know how hard that is to do? And listen to my friend Hugh Douglas's take on things. Yes, you will definitely get people making business decisions. I heard somebody talk about that on um, one of the NFL channels, was talking about guys will start making business decisions at this time of the year. And the Bears' defense has not been very good. But if you have to run for at least 167 to win a game, that's not an easy thing to do in this league. And teams are going to do everything they can to try to load up and try to slow you down in it. Falcons lost two weeks ago when they ran for 201 yards. But they haven't won a game with less than 167 yards on the game. Their wins this year, 167, 168, 202, 179. By the way, the 179 is about what they average, you know, in those four wins. They run it for almost 140 when they lose. So think about the numbers you have to put up. And and one of the things we're going to break down, I'm, I'm going to be on the steakhouse tomorrow. I believe it's going to be Drew Butler and I. could be Zeno. But one of the things we're going to break down is, I, I know the comments from Arthur Smith today went viral about Pitts is having a good year. And he's not, yeah, even though he's not putting up Tyreek Hill numbers, he's having a good year. Well, again, he's having about the year that I told you that he was going to have before the season started. Said on my radio show, said on my podcast, he's having about the year I kind of expected. Maybe a little bit yet less yardage. But everybody knew, or at least I knew going into it, that he was never going to match the numbers. Targets, catches, yards. The only thing that mattered to me was you got to get him in the end zone. Does anybody complain when Travis Kelsey has four catches for 25 yards, and three of them are touchdowns? Of course not. If that's all Kyle Pitts did on a game, because by the way, all his numbers as far as, you know, his target, I'll go over all this tomorrow because I got it all written down tomorrow. That's why I, I should have brought it all in, but I got it all written down. He's being targeted at a higher percentage of throws than he was last year. His catch percentage is way down. That's because of his quarterback. Kyle Pitts has had the most overthrows that have been put his way this year. 30% of his targets have been overthrows. If you look at the metrics. So, again, this team is what it is. And I know Freaky them has spent all week long talking about, you know, Ritter. They're not playing the guy. You, you better get Day-Day. Look in Dylan's folder, okay? Get us our rap song. 
You, you better start putting Mariota in position to do things where he can be effective. Not throw it 50 times a game or, you know, not throw it 30 times a game. And not, by the way, when I give you his 20-plus yard number of attempts and things like that, it'll blow your mind. But again, last three weeks, 30, 23, 28. It's way too many throws. 71 throws in three games. That's too many for him. And what do we say all the time? You got the clip, Day Day? Quick, short route, one read, throw. Quick, short route, one read, throw. Don't drop back in the pocket. Don't try to huck it downfield. Hit the short passing game. Get Pitts and London and Zacchaeus and Hodge. Get those guys involved. Then maybe once you've picked them apart and you run the football effectively, then maybe you take a shot downfield. But not the second play of the game and all this, that, and the other. Should be in day days. It should be in Dylan's folder because we played it. Garrett played it last night. So if Garrett can find it, I know you can find it out there. Short, quick route, one read throw. It should be like set to a rap song, like rap music and all that. Should be set to all of that. So look, if you're not going to change quarterbacks, and look, my personal opinion is I would rather see Ritter. I've not been a fan of Marcus Mariota. I haven't been a fan of his all year. I, I, I've explained he wasn't the first option, wasn't the second option. This was option C or D. Maybe they get to four and seven if they lose this week. Maybe if they're four and seven, that's enough. But your coach has pretty much told you they're going to ride with Mariota. They may not truthfully get knocked out of the playoffs until we're down to the last couple of games of the year. Well, if that's the case, then you're really going to see much of, of Desmond Ritter? Probably not. So you better do the things that fit your quarterback's strengths. Throwing it 30 times doesn't fit his strength. Running it for 135 yards isn't how this team can win. You need to get back to 20 pass attempts and 180 yards on the ground. And and that may sound crazy, but that's how they win. (laughs) They haven't won any other way. They have one win when they're over 20 attempts. They have no wins when they're under 167 yards rushing. That's what you got to be. And as far as Justin Fields go, you know, he's going to get his yards. He's going to run for 100. I can tell you that. He'll run for 100 yards. But you better not let him get into the 160, 170 range. And most importantly is if he gives you an opportunity for a turnover, you better take it. You better find a way to cash in because that's what Detroit did last week. They cashed in. And what we tell you, in the NFL since 2000, Team gets a defensive touchdown, they win 75% of the time. You force a guy into that kind of mistake, you got a shot. But you can't not turn the ball over. By the way, he is still taking sacks. It's not like Justin Fields isn't getting sacked behind the line of scrimmage. So there's opportunity there. In fact, I'm, let me see, because their last, um, let's see here. I'll give you the stats real quick. Last few weeks, the last, the last, let's go the last five games. 
He's taken three sacks, two sacks, four sacks, four sacks, five sacks. So he'll give up some plays to go get big yard. It's sort of like the um, Barry Sanders theory, right? I'll take negative yardage rush attempts to break off some big ones. Okay? If that's the then you got to take advantage of it. But if you are if you end up with no sacks, no turnovers, they'll probably run you out of the building. They'll probably run the Falcons out of the building. Just like the Celtics did tonight. So you better get some turnovers. You better put the quarterback on the ground. You better change up down in distance. You better force him into throwing. And if you can't do that, then it will be what it is. I, I don't think this will be a very heavy offensive game. I think both I think this game will stay low scoring, but we'll see what this defense can do. And they better find somebody who can at least keep some eyes on Justin Fields. All right, we got some uh, more nonsense to go before we head to the top of the hour. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Key Studios, Sports Radio on the Game, Odyssey.com app. Damn, what were you, like 30 seconds in that break? Good Lord. That's what happens when you're rocking after, after 11, man. Jiminy Christmas. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, we literally had like a minute and a half in break. <sighs> People want to, they need more chuckery, man. Almighty. Unbelievable. 404-741-0929. Head at the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief. Um, have you seen this story, Day Day? that Steve Austin has said that he wants to do another match. So Steve Austin was obviously at WrestleMania 38 Mm -hmm. this past year in Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. And he wrestled Kevin Owens on night one and then actually came out in night two. Mm -hmm. And, oh, God, I'm trying to remember what the main event was. He came out in night two as well, though. Right. And he said that he... He said that he wants to wrestle again. And now everybody's trying to speculate about who he should go up against, what he should do, and things like that. So, you know, if you watch that match, if you watch that match, he never left his feet. Right? He didn't take bumps. Kevin Owens did all the bumping in that match because Austin really can't take bumps. Right. He's almost 60 years old. He's got, you know, barely any neck left. Right. You know, he's, his knees are shot, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. had all kinds of things. That's why, that's why he had to retire early yep. when he did. So he was in a perfect situation that Kevin Owens can bump everywhere. Uh, you know, you can have just kind of a street fight. And what does everybody want to see Austin do? Kick to the stomach, stunner, yep. right? Kick, as long as it ends with kick to the stomach. stomach and the stunner. Right. Kick to the stomach. Um, stunner, drink beer. I mean, right? That's yep, that's what that's people want to yep. see, right? So I definitely think that he's going to be back at WrestleMania in L.A. this year. He First of all, he lives out in California now. He doesn't live in Texas anymore. He sold his, what's that, Broken Skull Ranch yeah, and sold ranch, all that. Yeah. So I think he either lives in California or Nevada. So he's already out on the West Coast. I know he was living in California. 
Might have moved to Nevada. But so there's there's a few rumors, okay? So we've heard that, you know, that people keep talking about, will The Rock come back and maybe wrestle um, – Oh, God, uh, my brain just went Roman, there. Roman right? Reigns, yeah. right? People are talking about that. Should The Rock come back and wrestle Austin? No. I agree. No. I agree. Doesn't make sense anymore. You know who the other name is they keep trotting out there? Shawn Michaels. No. Shawn Michaels is toasted. Yeah, he's about as bad as Austin, if not worse. John Cena. No. I agree. No. I don't want to see that either. No. So who do you wrestle? Because I do agree, and I heard, um, oh, man, I heard somebody talking about this. Um, I I can't remember now who I I heard talking about this. But they talked about, oh, Jeff Jarrett. I heard Jeff Jarrett talking about this, that he should wrestle somebody like Kevin Owens who's active and current on the roster, right? Because it's it's like we never got Sting and Undertaker in their prime. Remember? Right. By the time Sting got to the WWF and he wrestled Triple H at at WrestleMania, that match was awful. Mm -hmm. The whole thing was awful. The NWO came out at the end. I mean, the whole thing was just not good. Right. So I don't want to see Austin Rock. I don't want to see Austin Cena. Nope. So now who, who was out there for him to wrestle? Who would be somebody for him to wrestle that's currently on the roster? Like, you don't want him going up against Brock or Bobby Lashley because you can't – if he can't have a match where he can't leave his feet, mm-hmm. then he can't be going up against these, you know, these behemoths, the, right. the Braun Strowmans and the Bobby Lashleys and certainly Brock Lesnar. They're not going to waste Bro- – I mean, I'd say it this way, but they wouldn't waste Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania to wrestle Austin. All right. Is CM Punk still on the roster? No, but there is rumors – Because that wouldn't be a bad one. So – that's another rumor. So if CM Punk is going to get bought out by AEW, okay, and if he does, and and what they're haggling over is the no compete clause, so like mm-hmm. how long he has to sit out. Mm-hmm. That's been rumored as well. What if you brought CM Punk back and let him wrestle Austin? Yeah, that I, I'd go that route. I, now I I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him. Take on somebody like Seth Rollins or something like that. That's another good one. Yeah. Now, the only thing would be, in all honesty, would they? And I, 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 I know I'm not saying it probably in the proper way. Would you want to waste Seth Rollins? Last year, Seth Rollins, remember, he wrestled Cody Rhodes, and that mm-hmm. it was a great match. Mm-hmm. Would you? Or no, no, he wrestled Cody Rhodes in the Hell in a Cell match. Right. Would you want to waste Seth Rollins on Steve Austin? Would would that be what you'd want to want to wrestle him in a, in yeah. something like that? I, would you Would you want to use Seth Rollins in that in that role? Seth Rollins is certainly a great performer. He'll bump all around and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you you have to put Austin in a match that he can have a guy who bumps all around, and this is like a one shot deal. Right. Like this is one shot. Now here's the other question: Do you want to see Austin wrestle again? Honestly, no. Yeah, I, I, I understand that, too. I, yeah. I I like Austin at this point if you tell me he comes out, kick to the stomach, stunner, drink beers. Yeah, that's right? it. Yeah. 
I mean, I would be fine with all of that. Yep. Special guest referee. Right. And he did that at WrestleMania 20. Remember? In the the Brock Lesnar-Bill Goldberg match, Mm -hmm. he was the special referee. And how did that match end? Yep. After it was over, kick to the the stomach, stomach, stunner, yeah, yep. Right? Gave him both stunners. I was about to say both of them, yep. I mean, that's that's what you want to see out of him. Yeah. There's no need for him to wrestle anymore. No. I mean, that match is, the, the match that he had with Owens was fun for what it was as a spectacle, right? I mean, for what it was. But the idea of, and I know he, if he wants to do it, they'll do it. Like, I promise right. you, like, if Austin says, I want to come back to WrestleMania and wrestle, they're going to do it. They're not going to tell him no. Right. Right? They're not going to. Triple H or Vince or whoever is not going to say, no, you can't. You're not going to. We're not going to have you back or whatever. Yeah, because they, they're going to have 100,000 tickets to sell. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if I can promote that, Austin's going to be there. Yep. But I, I think you have to. It's like Goldberg. You know, Goldberg has wrestled way too much over the last few years, mm-hmm. you know, and he should have never beaten The Fiend in Saudi Arabia for right. the title. And they put him in these matches, you know, put him in against Brock Lesnar, they put him against Roman Reigns. Like, okay, like Goldberg can do like three things at this point, right? He can spear you, jackhammer, and kick you, and that's about, that's about it, it, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, once a year is fine, but you can't get into a wrestling match. With Goldberg, right? You have right. to put him in a spot where he looks good. Same thing with Austin. I mean, yep. if he if he can't leave his feet by and large, and and really other than bump on his rear end to take a stunt, you know, to give the stunner out, and that's about it. Like he didn't get, you know, he didn't get tossed all around. He didn't get slammed all around. Mm-mm. Wasn't suplex. I mean, he can't take those kinds of things. Right. So, I it's going to be interesting to see what they do because. Survivor Series is coming up. I think next weekend or something like that. A Survivor Series. Right. But then, you know, we're into December, and then January's Royal Rumble. Okay, once you get past Royal Rumble in the end of January, you're on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. All of your stories are leading you to WrestleMania. You know, the, the, with all due respect, the February, I don't even know what the February pay-per-view is, but that's a throwaway. You know, if they have one in March, which a lot of times they don't have one in March because they do in April, right. early April, they'll do WrestleMania. So, you have a throwaway pay-per-view that will be after the Royal Rumble and before WrestleMania. Yeah. But all of your build is headed toward WrestleMania. And you're literally two months away from all of that. And you got to start thinking about, okay, who am I going to set Austin up with? Who, who are we going to set him up with? Because, I mean, you're, you're about to start building your storylines mm-hmm. for all of it. And I still think that I've said before. If if Cody is healthy for the Rumble, I bring him back. I let him win the Royal Rumble. I push him to the moon. Let him beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for both titles. I give him his Daniel Bryant, Kofi Kingston moment. I let mm. him win both titles over Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. He's a big enough babyface. He was on a great run. He had a great match with Seth. Yeah. If he's healthy, but there's rumors about whether or not He's, you know, he had that torn pec muscle. Rumors about whether or not he'll be healthy enough. But I'd let Cody, if he can, if he can be healthy enough, win the Rumble, and I build him to WrestleMania, and I let him beat Roman. And that's the guy I let take the title off. So what do you do with a guy like Austin? Like I said, I, I'm with you. I'm not interested in seeing him wrestle John Cena. No. I wouldn't be interested in him seeing wrestle The Rock. Because, again, if you can't 
if you can't take some bumps and stuff right. like that, like you can't just sit there and just brawl it out. Like he can do that with with a few guys, but let him just come so back. So is he wanting to just come back for a one-off? That's yes. I mean, that's what they're saying is that he is interested in having another match. He's interested in having a, after what happened at WrestleMania, said he felt good, he enjoyed it. He wants to he wants to have another match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just it's like the Ric Flair thing. Like after a while, you want you know you want to see guys like that just kind of. I mean, it's just like in any sport, you want to see them go out on top. Like I don't want to see him hobbling around. Like you said, he's only can only do so much, and you know he's only going to be able to take so much. Like I don't want to see that. That's that's not the Austin I want to see. Like so, it doesn't do do me any good to see him in the ring. You know, not even you know full fledged Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I again, I, I I'm kind of torn because you know Austin's my favorite wrestler of all time, and it was great seeing him. And I thought that I thought the whole thing that they did at WrestleMania was perfect. They sat down, they had the interview, he challenged them, they fought. You know, then eventually, he, you know, he took on Vince. I guess that was night two, right? When he stunt gave yeah. Vince the quote unquote yeah. stunner that was so bad, but. I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm not interested in seeing him take on The Rock. I'm not interested in seeing him take on John Cena. You have to find some. And with all due respect, they don't have very many guys. Like, you can't put him with just some goofball. No. But like, like, for instance, I don't want to see him wrestle The Miz. No. What about Randy? Orton's not healthy. They don't know when Orton is coming back. <sighs> they, don't, they have no idea when Orton no is coming back line. at this point. Yeah. There's no guarantee that Orton's even coming back at this point. Wow. Yeah. And he's been out for most of the year. Yeah. Like I said, they don't even know if Cody Rhodes is going to be healthy enough for the Royal Rumble just yet. Like, they're still talking about whether or not he's going to be healthy or not. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, like I said, special guest referee. You know what? Be a manager. Be a manager and get in some fisticuffs here and there. They don't do that. Though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they don't. They don't do that. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. But he says he wants to come back and wrestle at least another match. All right, we'll wrap it up with the love TKO up next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, to the Game, Odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.